Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, 
Thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be thou exalted. Be thou magnified. We give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's have our seat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like uh, Amen. Is it cold in here this morning? Yeah, no. It's like the it's like the heat is off. Amen. Can we check if that is set to 22 degrees or something? It's, it's, uh, it's 20. Uh -huh. let's, think, let's, think. Maybe let's make it 22. Yeah. Yeah, because one of these things was not, was not blowing. It's, it, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Can you just take a moment to say hi to your neighbor? I know we probably will say hi already. Hi, quick hi. Say, I'm happy to see you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I welcome everyone. Um, this is the first meeting of the year. We are all welcome. Uh, did we have enough uh, vacation? <laughs> Amen. Uh, in a way, it's a mini vacation, right? Even though it's, uh, it's an intense, <laughs> it's an intense time in the presence of the Lord, from SOS to the teaching series, and then of course, took like a it's like a it's like a week, right? A week break thereabout. Amen. Uh, the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has been merciful. The Lord has been kind. Amen. The Lord has shown us mercy, great mercy, to be to be hearing what He's saying in this season. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know a lot of things that has been said is is you know is like how many weeks? So it's about two weeks thereabout of uh, intense. If you look at okay, so six days. Six days teaching series, four days uh, school of the spirit. That's about ten days, and the interesting thing about in those ten days, uh, what was said, the truth of the matter is that if we start taking it one by one, we can't finish it this whole year. That is the truth of the matter. Amen. Amen. You know, so so it's like it's like heaven compressed uh, a curriculum in the spirit, and then they give us so you take. And then, Gambi, it's like, it's like they, they give us the, the courses. I say, yeah, Gambi, study. Amen. And then, the funny thing about that one is that there's no graduation date. You know, you know with school, I and mean, the graduation date is, de is, is determined by, by our, 
I say we determine our graduation date, you know, depending on how easy it is for us to uh, begin to fetch instructions and live the life that our heaven is painting uh, before us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I believe the um, the the speakings has given us um, enough. Will I say has given us enough? Um, uh, enough pursuit, or is enough? Is has given us enough to to work with over the years. Uh, all the speakings, all the all the blessings has given us some kind of direction this year. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I'm trusting the Lord for the direction to be a lot much more clear in, in the speaking of the Lord. Amen. Amen. But one thing is certain that in a way in my heart I'm seeing is that there's going to be a lot of appearance this year. Amen. Uh, funny enough, you know, they were saying the year of, this year's year of appearance, right? Appearing. Funny enough, he said in love, love uh, near living way, he said in love seal, you know, churches, church in Nigeria. Um, I think I think I'm also bearing witness, amen, amen. to that. Uh, I'm trusting that this year we are going to have a lot of the appearance of the Lord for each and every one of us, amen. You know, every appearing of the Lord is, is such a great blessing and it's, such, it's something to look forward to, amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, I trust that uh, the Lord will help us this year. Amen. So, hopefully, uh, we are not too uh, battered by Winnipeg's weather. Amen. You know, Winnipeg has his own special. You know, here is kind of, here is, in a way, I think Winnipeg is the wilderness of Canada. You know, everything here, hash, hash, hash. Winter, hash. Summer, hash. Everything, hash. Yeah. But thank God this winter is a lot nicer. We thank God, right? It's just that if we compare it to every, well, maybe Calgary tasted of our, of our pain this year because they partook a little bit of it, right? If you check the other weathers of other provinces, it's still lower. I mean, it's still higher. It's still higher than our own. But we thank God for what we have because, uh, I mean, I don't know what it would have been if it was worse. Amen. But we thank God this year has been so nice, has been so awesome. Just a few, like two weeks that we had to, to just wear more layers and wear more. Uh -huh. And then after that, things are returning back to normal. Right? Uh -huh. So I think we should have about zero degree this week at some point. This is a very nice day. It's a sign that there's hope. There's hope for Winnipeg. Amen. It's not, it's not just all <coughs> doom and gloom here. Amen. We have some we have some breathing space this year. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And I just felt uh, I would just um, amen start I feel in a way to to talk concerning just from the convention um, to talk about in a way heavenly man but also um, not specifically talking about the heavenly man, but more about something around it um, that, I've, that I just felt in my heart to talk about. Um, I just we were praying 
me away, I'm seeing that the Lord wants to define um, home in a way. I don't know. Um, that's just what I found in my, my spirit. Mahato verena somenek ar sosom tapama. Em sona maharavan semia. Elt on tak am suverit. Am suven tam suvenemat. Aim suvenemat amasam. Em suvenemak am to come. Ham sumakom. Him to come. Him to come. Makom to home. Home sim. Home. Ham come. Come, come. Come, come. Come. Him so me home. Ham come so me home. Him so. Him so. Him so me home. Home yet them. Home yet to them around. Him so me. Him so me. Him se vanama. Him a haravan. Him a varanaha. Him a varanaha. Him a varanaha. Him so me na hat verenaha. Him a hana haya. Everema. Everena nos. Him zaya. Enema. Enema. Home, 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 say this. Ein Tadienes, die Fahimia test, the Fiamma height. Eco Tati Copping of you to make a peak to the height. I'm bringing you to height, to height. I'm bringing you home, I'm bringing you to home. I'm bringing you to home, I'm bringing you home. I'm bringing you home for this is a year of many entrance. It's a year of many open doors, many, many entrances into God, many entrances into the city of God, into the face of God, into the presence of God, many entrances, even, even entrance for this is should be your home for this is your home. This is home. This is this is this is your resting place. This is your final bus stop. Even that you will arrive at God. Yes. For man ought to arrive at God. Yes. For this is the design that a man should come home, should come to his God, to come to his God, to return to his Maker. From unveiling a season of home to describe the pattern of rest to, de to describe the pattern of home, the pattern, the pattern of man, how man should come home for a season has been open over you, Amen. a season to bring you home. Amen. For the journey has only just begun, the journey has only just started, the journey has only begun, has only begun. For this is a program to bring you to God, a program to bring you to God. So give heed, give heed heed this season. Give heed. Commit your life to it. Commit all to it. Commit all to returning to your father. Commit all to returning to your father. Amen. For it is my desire to bring you home. See the spirit. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Jesus, M. Sumara, come here. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for <clears throat> his mercy. So it's clear what the Lord wants to say to us is things concerning his home. Um, so we have a journey this year. We have, a, we have a journey of returning home this year. Amen. And what that means for, for each and every one of us. Amen. Um, to be home in a way is to come into your true nature. The nature. The true nature that every soul is designed or, or what God calls true nature. That's what the Lord wants us to come to. Amen. Um, until souls arrive here, Nothing is true yet. Amen. Nothing is true. Even our our nature as of now is not true. Because it is not the exact, it's not the exact nature that God looks to see. Or it's not the exact nature that is of God that God Wants that or what God calls true, right? So there is in the spirit. There's actually something called true, not not English language now. Right? You know, in English, I mean, we can use English to explain. You know, you know, language is a is a means of expression, right? It's a means to express. Um, sometimes you can have language. The true the truth of the matter is that the true language. We don't, have, we don't actually have that language anymore. Amen. There's also, I mean, everything's about true, true, I don't know, but <laughs> there's actually what you call true language. Almost everything that is true is gone. Right? Because the closest to, <clears throat> the closest to true that you can see is in the beginning when you have Adam. You'd be wondering, what language was Adam speaking? Right? Because the language you and I are speaking today is actually a broken down of the true language that Adam had. Amen. To be able to get the, the language that Adam had, really, to be able to get the actual language, if you want to do uh, earthly mathematics, what we have to do is we have to take every single possible language on the earth, even the one that is extinct that nobody knows anymore, you take all of them and put it together. If you can do that, then we get the original language. Right? It's a, it's a spiritual mathematics. There are things like that in the spirit. Right? Because all these languages that we have, God broke it down from an actual language. Right? Because the true language started from Babel. I mean, the, the true language ended with Babel. Right? Because it's from that tower that God decides to now begin to separate languages, so which is it's like a stream. So you have a stream flowing that breaks into different streams. That's what language, 
that's the that's the nature of language, right? That we have now. So now you now have different streams that you can have different different tongues, right? Speaking. You have different tribes, different tongues, speaking a different language that you can redeem back. It's possible to redeem. You can take the each language that everybody is speaking, for example, okay, I speak Yoruba. You can take the Yoruba language, right, and take it back to the beginning where you have the, you can then move it into the true language that man speak right from the beginning. Amen. So that's the, that's the, the spiritual deduction of things. There's what you call true. And what you call true in the spirit is, the, is what is the definition of the original of the original the, the original thing that God made, amen, amen. or the, the original that is close to God God, the truth of the matter is if you want to talk about what is true you actually have to talk about God there is no definition of true outside God we can, but we can use the sense of what true means to understand what that is saying Amen. Amen. You can use that. So God created something similar to that in the beginning when he created Adam. He gave him some kind of true sense. I'll use that word. Some kind of true of his own order. God gave him that. But he's still, he's still not the utmost true. Right, but it has a destination. Is to be true in God. Amen. Amen. The destination where everything is true is what you call home. Right. What you call home is where everything is right. Everything is true. Everything is the way it should be. Everything is the exact way God calls it. Or when you see God, you see it exact as that. That's what you call true. Amen. But you can have other things that flows from true that is not true. Right? And, and I know Daddy was teaching a little bit about true and truth during the, the series. And the way, the way I'm just trying to explain it now, because sometimes when you hear those things, you might go, okay, what does, okay, okay, does this, does this mean one huge thing? No, they're all explaining God. You just have to use this. You have the, you have the sense of what they mean. Now, I can't, Start bringing all the revelations and everything, but I can give what I understand. Amen. As to what is true. When I see it, the the picture of what is true is the real thing, the the exact, the the original, the one that is not a lie or that has no lie. What does it mean? It It means there is no there is no shadow, there is no variableness. There is no taint. There is no stain. Right? It's the very, very original. It's, uh, the original, um, the language is not, original is not painting what I'm trying to say, but I can use the word original. It's the, no, no all these things exist in the spirit. There are fabrics in the spirit. There are elements. There are things who are created, right, out of certain elements and materials. But the original, the original comes from God, stems from God. The true one is the one where you find at home. You don't find it anywhere else. 
but whom. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So it's clear God wants us to, to learn about his home. Right, but I want us to read Second uh, Peter chapter three. I think that verse we're reading, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, and I think part of what the Lord is saying is that you see that He wants to bring us home. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's read from verse one, I think, and then we we'll read to eleven. So this 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 second epistle, say, beloved. I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Apostles of the Lord and Savior. So knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For these they willingly are ignorant of. Right, that they so that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the element shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be? In all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, see that ye look for such things. Be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And count that and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you, as also in all his epistle, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest or wrestle, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also be led away with the error of the wicked, for from your own steadfastness, but growing grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. When we read this scripture, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is, is doom and gloom. Amen. I believe one of the most misunderstood um, teachings of Jesus is the, is the one that's talking about the end time. Amen. And there's a reason why it's misunderstood. Now, the teachings of Jesus concerning the end times, right, most of us, uh, I mean, growing up, I don't know about you, but I mean, while growing up, there's one thing I know. <laughs> is that the end is coming and we are going to heaven. So, the end is coming and we are going to heaven. And when we get to heaven, all things will be fine and awesome. In short, heaven is my home. So I want to go to heaven. Amen. Praise the Lord. So there's a picture that, and it's in a way it's not, it's not a lie, in the sense that heaven is, heaven is indeed our home. The question, the, the question is just that which heaven? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. The reason why I'm asking that question is there are many heavens. If you look into scripture, you, are, you realize that heaven is not one. Heaven is many. Heaven is what? Plenty. Heaven is plenty. Men is not, and then there's the, and then there's what you call the heaven. Now, if you're talking about heaven and everything, I guess having defined what is true, maybe this can give us some insight into what I'm trying to say. Now, the, the, the actual heaven is the one you call the true heaven. The true heaven is what births every 
other heavens that you can see. Right? According to scripture. It's not everyone you can see now. Right? In short, you know how this is shows how fallen we are. Right? Natural men don't think about when you talk about heavenly concept, they can't think about that. The only way you and I can think, oh, heaven, is because somehow you are born again. And then there's a different thinking that heaven has provided. Amen. To make us to start seeing that there's actually something different, right, called heaven. Amen. That's what we call heavens of the earth, right? Earth has its own heaven. There is the heaven of the heavens, right? That Solomon was speaking about in the book of, uh, I think, First King, chapter 8. After he finished building the tabernacle, then he started praying. Then he said, say, will you dwell in this house who the hands have made you that the heavens of the heavens cannot contain? Right? And he was referring to the present heaven where God is dwelling presently. And the funny thing is there are all kinds of teachings about heavens and that which is not heavens and you know all kinds. Just, but the thing about that is if you really want the safest understanding of heaven is the one that scripture reveals. What is the scripture reveals that God Himself reveals because there are, there are many things you can believe about that. Amen. Amen. Right? And people have put their own ideas about what heaven is, right, inside scripture. And that's why we have variations of teachings about heaven. But if there's one thing that every soul should be mindful that should be mindful of concerning heaven, is one thing is that heaven has a purpose is to deliver God to men. If, if, if that's all we know about heaven, we are safe. Amen. Then we don't have to know about, you know, when you start teaching about heaven, then you start teaching other, other teachings. Now I, see, I see some ministers teaching something like, you know, this thing is not, number one, you don't know it. It seems revelatory, but that thing, is, is, according to scripture, is not there. Right? Things like Hades. Then they start teaching Abraham's boss. Okay, where is that? Okay, calm down. Most of those things, to really, really, really know them, you need the sight of the true God. That's just the truth of the matter. The ones we can see is the one that heaven has helped by revelation to define. And the ones that they are defining by revelation, funny enough, in all the teachings that I've seen, I've not seen one where they come and start explaining what Hades is. Right? Or what Abraham's bosom is. It's not that they don't know it. But why are they not teaching them? Right? Now, this is, why are they not teaching them? Now, you'll be wondering, okay, what do you mean by why? Who are they? they? It's heaven. Amen. Why am I saying this? is the things about God, you can't just know them except they reveal them. 
If they don't reveal them and we try to teach them or talk about them, what we are talking about is just assumptions. That's just the truth of the matter. There are assumptions that sometimes over time, right, we, we, I mean, because we don't know that we have, to, we have to conclude something, right? So sometimes we conclude some things, but the truth of the matter is that they are, they, it's, not, it's not original, it's not true, it's not the real thing. But we, we have, the reason why we, ha, we have to conclude something is because we have to give men answer to something. We have to give an answer to someone. That's why sometimes we, we try to conclude. But sometimes we realize that we don't actually know some of these things. We don't know them, and that's the truth of the matter. There are some things we know about them that we can say about them, right? And when you look at that, the, the, the way we can explain them is by scripture. That's why it is always safe to stay with scripture. Always safe to stay with scripture. When men try to learn something outside scripture, most of the time they end up in error. It's not like there are not other things outside scripture that can be good. Right? But it's, it's when it comes to the when it comes to the journey of a believer, there are some vital things that is essential. Is the relationship with scripture, how to move with scripture, how to relate with scripture, how to engage scripture, how to think with scripture. Amen. If we don't think with scripture, most of our most of our most of our judgment, while we are thinking with scripture, self, it doesn't mean that our judgment is even that perfect. But one thing is certain that as long as it is outside scripture, I can tell you is a not a 50-50 chance. It's an 80-20 chance. 80-20. And 80 in the bad one, not the good one. <laughs> 80 towards getting it wrong. 20 towards getting it right. That's just the truth of the matter. Right? Because when you start looking at what is the standard, you realize that there's a whole big world outside scripture. It's a big world. It's a but when you move, when, the moment you zoom into scripture, it helps narrow down the options. And when it's not clear, it's not clear. It still stays there, narrowly. Okay. And that, that means wait patiently for it. Wait to understand it. The th- God's things have to, be, have to be understood, right, by revelation, by explanation. Amen. I can imagine how many years ago when I read this is the true God. What was my definition of what true God means? If you ask me now, I will say something different. Right? Because of understanding. Because of revelation. And the things that have been revealed is all talking about God, Abi. It's not saying that go and kill yourself, Abi. Is it? It's it, all, all the revelation, what is they are teaching are things concerning God. Which if we learn or apply ourselves, we can eventually end up knowing God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Or we eventually end up where God wants us to end. Amen. Praise the Lord. So the issue of this home, right, these heavens, all these things, it's not been clear over time, over days and ages. It's not been clear. And therefore, we, make, we made many assumptions. Amen. Amen. So many assumptions. But the thing is, is, it's very essential for every believer to know their hand, to know their home, to know the things pertaining the end, things pertaining the 
the end time that the apostles were talking about. Amen. And when you, when you read this scripture and you are thinking the way, uh, let's say Peter was thinking when he was writing this thing, does it look like Jesus was near to coming at those days? Right? Does it look like it? It does look like it. Right? I mean, you always see their language. For the day is at hand. It's almost like it's the, for the, the end is coming. Right? Almost like, be ready. Jesus is, I mean, and of course, if, if you can relate with that, okay, you can relate with something. Do you know that I've been hearing Jesus is coming soon since I was a young child? So why are Jesus not coming? And the funny thing is that when they are saying Jesus is coming soon, if you actually felt real, like Jesus is coming soon. And the people saying it, they believed it seriously that Jesus is coming soon. Okay, I mean, okay, maybe I'm older than most. Okay, I'll ask Benji. Benji, did you hear Jesus, did you hear Jesus is coming soon when you were growing up? <laughs> did you hear Jesus coming soon? Yeah, you did. Okay. All right. Because I know, no, these days you have to ask because there are so many things that you don't hear anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know those days. So, so those ones that give, they give specific dates and all those times. So there are those ones that some would do eschatology and then they would do time they would read with all the readings. And there's 2023. I believe there was one that also said 2020. It was 2012. I remember 2012. I remember 2012. And then, 20, then later, 2012 passed. Nothing happened. Then they moved to, to 2020. And there was even a movie. 2020, Abby. But that movie, 2020, was done maybe 2018 or 20. Even the world was trying to do a movie about the end. You know, in, in, in the Christian world, right, we talk about the end, the end, the end. Do you know that the world themselves know about it? Mm. If not, what will Hollywood be doing in 2020? But when they, when they do the movie, they don't do it with Christian sense. Mm. They do it with other sense, like mm. the end is coming, water will be scarce, air will be scarce. Uh, by the time you finish cutting all the trees, summer, summer will self-destruct. Mm. And if not that, there are other ideas about tsunamis will happen, there will be flood. Um, was it 2020 that they did an ark? They did ark. It's like a big lot of ships. It's an ark, really like Noah's ark, right? But it's, it's more modern, right? I don't think it's that 2020 movie. I can't remember that. Like earthquakes were happening, floods were coming. They were loading rich people. Because rich men, it's 2020, <laughs> rich men, they already know that, okay, something's coming, so they built a ship, they're already moving there, and then they, they selected a few. Then the rest of the world caught a glimpse. Ah! So there's a ship! Because someone, you know, is a program. So somebody that knew somebody told somebody that's going to the ship, and then the shah found their way heading to the ship, Abby. At some point, even the door of the ship to one of the ships it was not closed. They had to figure out a way, right? To close it. But what I entered it, but they still entered, you know, they was, but... Imagine, they, they, and funny enough, they, somehow, somehow, they always borrow Christian sense. There's a Noah movie too. There's another one called Noah. 
right? Talk that they did about Noah and the Noah's Ark. But that's actually they, they borrowed the Christians as well. They took the Noah's sheep. It's an idea. They built a ship, plenty of them, that can stay afloat of floods, right? As, you know, more modern, it's not like Noah's own, right? That is all wood. This one is all metal, you know, more modern technology. They can, uh, I think at some point, the water got to a big mountain in Asia. Is it Asia? That the mountain, I think the mountain, or the ship was about to head on to, to, to collide with the mountain. Because, but the propeller was not working. So far, some of the shark got it working and then they had to move away from the mountain. At the end, that's the end of the movie, right? The summary, they just picked a Christian sense, right? Because, Noah, okay, they borrowed Noah's idea for salvation, right? So somehow they shall borrow Christian sense. But one thing is they are aware that the end is coming. But what they are thinking about is not necessarily what's going to end the world. Because their end, right, still talks about the world will still exist. Men will just not be present. Right? The world will exist. Men will just not be But not really. What the scripture is saying here is a total, absolute destruction. What do I mean by total, absolute destruction? It means they say the element will melt with fervent heat. Amen. Amen. I think that he thought about this a bit too. And when I'm looking at this now, when I say the element will melt with fervent heat, I don't think it's an ordinary heat that's going to melt this. It's a heavenly heat. Amen. It's almost looking like the, the kind of fire that they will put Satan in to burn. Why? Because they are talking about element. Now, what that means is, you know, in, natu- in science, you have elements. Nitrogen, oxygen, all those ele- elemental tables, right? They are, they are, do you know that all those elements, the combination of them in different forms, is what you see visibly, right? So if you look at the earth, you see all the elements present there. If you look into the air, you have the elements. If you look into the water, you have the elements. Right? Water, land, air, they're all elements. Fanocalma. If you look at it, do you think there's any other element outside that in the universe? According to science, you're a geologist. Awesome. So, I don't know, did they teach about element, because I know science will say because we don't know, we've not seen it, maybe there's more element than we know on earth, but according to science and geology, is there any other element apart from the one we know already? Okay, because I know that is, that's what science will say if you go to space. Now, I've, there's another thing I heard, I mean not heard, according to study that even men are trying to do is they realize that See, all those galaxies, all those uh, stars that exploded, they throw, uh, what's that thing that passes by? Meteorites. Now, one thing they discover is that meteorites have all the elements here. Some, some pure gold that they are even thinking of going into space to mine them. Like, imagine a meteorite that is moving. 
right? They want to send uh, a machine that will go to space, land on a meteorite, and begin to mine all the elements, the gold, all those things. Amen. Imagine, why would they be thinking that way? Right? Trying to mine and, you know, just like, you know, all these, all these men, when I, men, men, I just, don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about men, man. I don't know what to say. Amen. And in a way, almost, almost in a way, thank you. Almost in a way, I, I feel, see all those stars that are exploding by himself, exploding, imploding, all those that we are sending the meteorite. It's almost like God telling us, see, see, this, see all these stars, they are going. Although they are far, this one too will soon go. Right? They are going, they are going. It's almost every time a meteorite passes over the earth, is a reminder to men that all the elements will melt. Right? So if you look at it, I don't think there's, if you, most stars, some are pure diamond. So you have meteorites that are pure diamond because of different, different things that has happened to them before they exploded. And as they are coming to, towards the deck, ah, some are pure diamonds, some are pure gold, some are bro- like, some are mixtures, right? But they have the idea of God. So if you look at it really, I, I perceive, I don't think there's, if there is any other element different from the one we have on the earth, it will be more of an heavenly element that we have not seen. But it's not of the earth, earthy. No, all the galaxies are eight. Right? Uh, Mars, uh, what else? Pluto, Jupiter, Saturn, all of those things are Earth. If you look at it from God's view, they are all eight in a way. They are just called stars. Eight in the sun is a star. We are just calling it eight because we are living here. And because if and if you think about it, where did they get the name Earth? For Earth, I can say it's not science, and science didn't write Bible, and Bible calls it Earth, meaning that where science found the name for Earth is actually inside Scripture, right? And if it's inside Scripture, it means somebody called it. Earth that they are calling it. So what earth means is defined by God. Right? So earth, and with that I can say Genesis 1 is valid. Amen. So Genesis 1 is what? Is valid. So Genesis 1 explains a whole lot about the earth. The creation of the earth, things about the earth, right? Now, they were to, and they didn't, when they were telling us about creation, they didn't just say earth alone. They said he, God created the heavens and the earth, right? But they didn't say how, but we know clearly, according to scripture, heaven first before earth, right? Heaven was created, then earth. Amen. And then the earth was inside of water, like Peter saying it, standing in and out of water. God will help us. We'll read this scripture, and then we'll, I think that's just 
I'm just finding thought around here and I'm staying there a bit. Amen. So the, the, as, the aspect of the, the earth that Genesis was talking about, right? They were talking about different, different occurrences and things around it. Like it was first in water. Amen? Then out of water. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, when I, when I start talking about these things, I feel like maybe it sounds abstract, right? It sound, but it takes, it takes Holy Ghost to help us see these things, yeah. why these things are important. Yeah. Right? You know, these are, the, these are the things that angels know. Yes, if you wonder, why do we have to learn all these things? Is if angels know it, why can't we know them? In short, it is important for us to, I mean, we live here, right? It's important to know the origin and know how things were. Science, and, and, and the thing about science is this. Science has come to deviate men away from scripture in a way. But the truth of the matter is that it's not the original science that did that. No science is two now. But it's, it has always been two. When I say two, what I mean by that is there is true science and there's what you call science so falsely called. That's what in, in is it in Timothy? Can we find uh, that scripture? That's what that's what Paul, Paul said to Timothy. And is it Timothy? I think it's Timothy. Say science so falsely called. Where is that scripture? Just look for science so falsely called. Timothy 6, yes. First Timothy. Six verse five. Verse twenty. Okay. This second Okay. This Timothy. Timothy six twenty says, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so called. Of science falsely so Called. So he was talking to Timothy to avoid uh, this opposition means debate. Right? Of science, forces so called. I mean, I mean like it's like don't even don't even stress about it. I mean don't, I, I avoid such conversations because number one, it is false, not true. The sense Timothy will be using and the sense that the science falsely so-called, are using are two different senses. You can't even come to a common ground. With true science, you might be able to have some kind of conversation and agreement. Why? Because true science does not, does, the thing about true science is true science does not have an agenda or a mind of its own. Although it does not, it does not necessarily work on the principle of faith, but 
it, it is not opposed to the idea of faith. It's just looking for evidence. You say faith exists. Okay, let's test it. For example, there are, there are signs that actually truly tried to study tongue speaking. Right? They're trying to see, is it real? Or is it fake? Trying to use signs. In a way, right, you'll be wondering, how can they test that? It's most likely, I mean, come on. There are two different faces. But one thing I've realized, in as much as it is possible in some cases, there's no way they can find it. But there are some that they can see. What do I mean by that? Every spiritual activity that happens upon a believer has a reaction in the body. What do I mean by that? See, all your hormones, all the things that the body secretes in response to different things, do you know that that can, be, that can happen spiritually too? It can. Right? And when science tries to understand what is happening to you, what the best they could see is they can see certain hormones be released. There's something called happy hormone. Right? Okay. Maybe we should not research it because when you talk about happy hormones, there's a place you will find it. Now, what you call happy hormones is a, re- is a reaction to something spiritual. And I can bet it with you. That hormone exists too. When you are fel- when you are in fellowship, that hormone is released. Have you ever seen where you are in fellowship and in revelation, you are happy for no reason? You're just excited with it. Then what you see is joy. It's a f- you are full of joy. It's a spiritual reaction. But in your body, there's a hormone being released called happy. It's, uh, it's real physically in your body. I've experienced different, I think Pastor Jim was also talking about it sometime. I've experienced many times where some, I know something happened in the spirit, but I know I'm, I'm feeling it in my body. And I can tell some, some hormones are being released because the way it feels is like, I don't know, perhaps maybe we felt it. Some, it's, it's almost like an It's like when something is being released, like, it's like something is released into your body. We go through that in, even if it's not spiritual, some other things, something will happen to you. Funny enough, funny enough, if we, if we watch ourselves very well, you realize that certain hormones are released. Yeah. Especially when you are angry. Yeah. That anger, if you look inwardly, sometimes when it is fueled, you see that some hormones are being released, something is being released in your body that you are reacting to. It's an hormone too. So spiritual things are real. Amen. In a way, looking at that, I don't know why I'm going this direction, but let's just follow that thought. In a way, looking at that, you now realize that something that preserves the body, if, if you look at the way the body is preserved, it's because it's linked to certain hormones being present in the body. If they are being released constantly, Right? It means that when you have a, a spiritual experience, for example, if you have Adam, because of the spiritual 
arrangement around Adam, right? Because of the spiritual, because of the spiritual uh, atmosphere and spiritual stature of Adam, it means that all the right hormones that need to be released at the right time, at the right instance, at the right moment, right? Without the other hormones that came in as a result of the knowledge of good and evil that he ate, no, some there, there's some. It's like there's a, is it, you know, concoction is a mixture of things. There's a concoction of spiritual activities that can release a concoction of hormones that men study today. God is the author; He knows all those things, all those things that the body that is released. And when you look at it, when men follow after hormones uh, that is pertaining to knowledge of good and evil, men fall sick. For example, somebody can be bitter towards somebody. They may not be sick physically. After a while, they can develop an ailment. And then they'll be going to the doctor. The doctor will be saying, oh, use this drug, use that drug. And the drug will be helping. All that is happening is that they are managing the situation. There are instances of healing whereby again was praying for somebody and they say, okay, you know what, just go and love. And from loving, they get healed. How is that happening? What's you okay? Is there's a spiritual aspect, yes, but there's also there's a relation and correlation to our body. There is one thing I've seen is spirit, soul, and body. Those three, they are intertwined. There is there is the movement of spiritual activities around those three that ensures the full functionality. Of man. That is why, in those days, before you know, the, after the fall, before men died this much, Adam can live for a thousand or more years. Right? Men were living for almost a thousand years. Right? And if they were okay, so the question is, why were they living for up to that amount? It's not, and it, you, you do know that that is not, it's not. Uh, Fairy tale, right? Mm. No, most of the time we may think of oh, fairy tale. Uh, it's all stories. They're not fairy tales. I know a friend of mine that was. We we're talking about scripture, and he just said, oh, "I believe scripture is just for morals. You know, just you learn the morals of the story, and from learning the morals, just part of your life." I just, I just realized, ah. The first question in my mind is, I hope this man is born again. And why am, why am I saying that? It's because if that's the way they are saying scripture, there's no, there is no way they will be able to connect the life that flows from scripture. Because what they are saying is just morals, examples. So then what that means is that they have the option to pick and choose which of the moral they want to take. And, and, when that, when, and when that's the case, we have a problem. Yes, sir. <laughs> because the moment, the moment the choice is left to man, outside God's guidance and counsel, forget it. What are we picking? I mean, you're going to probably pick the moral that applies to what you want to do. Not okay. And the ones you don't, eh, it's just an example. I don't have to take it. 
And then I look at the person. I look at their life. And I look at the way they are picking scripture. I just, all right, I understand. Why? Because I see the, the, way, the way they were judging, living, was based on a knowledge that is not actually scripture. Or anything that has to flow from the life of God. It's all those, you know, for example, oh, this is good to do. That is good to do. Uh, I think it's okay like this. But the real thing is there is no spiritual influence of instructions from the life of God. And, and the, the moment any man lives like that, any man lives like that, outside will, outside guy, outside direction, outside what God calls will, outside the... Because what you call will is a combination of different things. The moment man decides to live outside God's... Let me put the word environment. Because God's environment is, is full of all kinds of things. Inside there is like, it's like, it's like... It has its own ecosystem. It has its own rain. It has its own land. You can, you know, you can be there and be enjoying, you know, for example, tropical forest... <laughs> can be thrown into that kind of environment where it is easy to make certain decisions, certain judgment. Or it can be thrown into wilderness, dry, harsh. Have you ever seen anybody in the, in the desert that is, that, is, that is like, I think I'm okay with the way, the way things are. I'll just survive like that. Have you ever seen anybody that likes, likes desert like that? Everybody in the desert has a goal. They want to get to where land is. They will need water to survive. So pretty much the condition around that is kind of is, is, is kind of streamlined. They don't have too much option. The only way they will live in that desert for long is they must have enough water supply. Please, how can you find somebody in the place that even the water you are carrying, the sun is ready to evaporate it? So they can't live, they can't stay long. So they need a means of of surviving there. So they will look for an oasis or something, right? At least when they have that, they can survive. But the summary of the, of the thing is that when you are in the desert, you don't have the luxury of relaxing, chilling, and waiting for thousands of years to pass. No. It's always survival mode. If you are in the desert, you have to be, you are in a survival mode. And survival mode means desperate measures. Desperate measures for desperate, uh, desperate measures, and they say it. Desperate, desperate things for desperate measures. So how do they say it again? Desperate times, desperate measures. That's the situation of the desert. If you are, the desert does not make people honest. Right? Because if you have a man that doesn't have water, and you have a man that has water, but he's saving the water, doesn't want to give the other one, the other one will try and steal it now. Abi? Survival mode. <laughs> so desert... Desert does not give room for honesty. The one that can make people honest is when you are maybe in a place of plenty. Let's say you are in a tropical forest. You are enjoying the forest. Rain falls at the right time. There's fruit on the tree you can pluck. And there are things you can grab. Amen. Amen. Those are the places where... Uh-huh. So now I realize that as long as man is outside the wheel and the the environment of his spirit, you would always make. I, th- I think we should be able to, there's, there's an automatic, sorry, there's an automatic thing at the top. 
Yeah, if you make it automatic, yeah, it should be able to close by itself. Aha. Uh -huh. Amen. Amen. Sorry for the for the breaking transmission. We just had to address that. Amen. Amen. So clearly, uh, I think I'm talking about water. Okay, God will help me out quickly. So um, the the idea, the way the way they live their life, is based on now such men is based on their own ideas or the ideas of others, not necessarily scriptures. Now. When you say ideas of others, I'm saying ideas that, that is not founded. Because, I mean, we, I mean you can t people talk, like Christians, right? When they talk and they talk to each other, they are talking from a kind of sense. Which, when the other person hears, okay, okay maybe I can use that. Okay, ah, let me listen to that. It's different from men that they just listen to men's ideas. That's not founded out of scriptures, but it can look like it is right. Some can look, and, and when you move into that territory, you now realize that there's actually no true definition of what is right. Most of the definition is based on men's conscience. And the problem with that is that men's conscience, if not refined, is faulty. Right? What they are, men, apart from God's conscience, the other thing you have is the knowledge of good and evil. So, if it's not God, then it is the knowledge of good and evil. No matter how nice it sounds. But men are not meant to be living by just ordinary men's ideas. Right? If, if men are going to live, you have to live by the word. You have to live, right, by his spirit. Amen. So that is why it is essential for every believer. Now, the, the, the way is, if you are born again, if somebody is born again, the next minute, you get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's no wasting time. Why? Because without that, honestly, the spiritual journey will be difficult. Why will it be? Does it mean that they don't have the Holy Spirit at all? No. It's just that there's a, there are measures. Now, when you get born again, you have, the Spirit is recreated, the spirit of God can live in your spirit, but that doesn't mean that you are full of it. Or that doesn't mean that the measure there is enough to deal with the war you are about to war. What do I mean? You know that as a believer, as a, every Christian is a warrior. Doesn't look like it, but that's, that's the truth of the matter. You are worrying things, man. Every believer is a warrior. But it doesn't look like it because what we see is I have need for house, I have need for car, I have need for maybe money, different, different. I mean, the summary is money anyways. Car, house, all of those things, we can summarize them to money, right? Then, I, and then, oh, that one is okay, that one's not money. That one, that one is not money. That one is, that one is, a, ah, that one is fountaining from a different kind. And money cannot solve that problem. No amount of money can solve that problem. But in a way, but what we are saying, but in a way, if you if you have enough money, you can buy children now, right? If you have money, you can buy children. So in a way, see, see that money is still somewhere there. Just that if if you now go old school, 
That's when you now realize that money does not answer all things. But when I say old school, you now realize that that old school is tied to some kind of sense. Some sense that is still in their way. Have reverence for the spiritual things. So the reason why they feel, or somebody might feel, I need to give birth to a child of my own, not someone I, is because there is some kind of, in their, in, their, in their person, something is not agreeing right, feeling okay with that. Right? Now, I'm not saying that it's a standard that, oh, everybody should not, no, no, no. I mean, people adopt. There's something wrong with that, right? Especially if it's if, if it done rightly. People adopt. And when you adopt, mm. but for you to adopt and not think about having a child, there must be a sense at play, yeah. right, too. So all kinds of, <laughs> so when people adopt, right, you are also saving it. Because, you know, scripturally, spiritually, blood, that flow in the same vein is not is not a criteria for spiritual life, right? Did, so this, in, in the spirit you have brothers and sisters and parents. So the one you see on the edge is actually typifying that. What defines real? I think this is giving us a sense. I think I thank God for this thing. You have brothers and sisters, but you have true. Brothers and sisters. True brothers and sisters is the one that is the original design in the spirit. That is the original, original platform. That's the original. Right? So, how do you not define a brother and sister in the spirit? That's what Jesus calls. These are my brothers and sisters, those that do the will of my father. What are the ones that do the will? For you to be able to do his will, you must be born again. There's no way you can do will. Why? Because the will of my father means is a center will. Right? Means that it is a place where everybody has to go find it. And then the Lord has said that for you to be able to find it, you must be born again. Right? Is what gives you access into the mind of such will. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, if you don't want to define it, you see about Christ. Everybody Right, that is born again, is joined and is one body. Now, what does that mean? It means that every believer, yeah. when you are born again, in your spirit, you are Christ. That is a blood. Right? So you can have somebody that is not a member of your family. You are a Christian. They are a Christian and you are brothers. In real sense, when, when you look at, when God is saying things, a believer Two believers that are not born of the same father and mother right, are, are more bloodly related than somebody that is born of the same father and mother. They are, they are more related spiritually. That is why the moment, for example, somebody is born again here, somebody is born again somewhere, somewhere we don't know, and they meet somewhere, but, hey, ah, brother! It's not, it's not cliche, you know, uh, the call them brethren, sisters. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not cliche, right? It's not cliche at all. It's, it's, um, it's true. It's true. It's true. Because somehow, when you, when the moment you say, I'm a it's almost like you forget the fact that you are not from the same place. Or not. It all it disappears. Yes. 
The identity is you are a child of God. I'm a child. Christians. Imagine you live now. Put it this way. Imagine for, for most of us, ah, this is even easy. For most of us that left our uh, family in Nigeria and come to a foreign place. Right? And you don't have any sibling. What's the next closest family to you? Church. That's the next closest family. I, I, I mean, at least for me. Why? Because I came, I didn't know anybody. The first person I knew then was And the reason why is because we came together in the same plane, same flight. Right? The person that did our papers was the same person. So they booked our flight together so that we don't journey alone. So that's the only person I knew. But she had a uh, a sister already here who knows many other people. So it was easy for her. I mean, I just landed here. I don't know anybody. So the first person I know, okay, is okay. So if I want to greet anybody, is that I go and greet? Because I didn't know anybody. Then after, I think after a week thereabout, then I located a church at that time. And then when I moved there, all of a sudden I just have more families. Now I only knew one person. Now I have a lot. I said, ah, okay, then, then some, somehow you don't feel alone anymore. It's real. It's not just a, what's it called, concept, or it's not just, uh, what, 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 uh, you know, cliche. Not, not now these days, they, they bastardize the name, brothers, brethren. And when you hear Christians calling themselves brethren, like, oh, they've come, those people. No, but you are at, Every believer is actually a brother. So now realize that, oh, interesting. Now realize that, I don't know why I'm saying this. So. Now realize that when you now move into, okay, should I, you know sometimes when we are thinking about doing something for people, first of all, we, use, we can use family sense. You know, if it is family, there are things we can do. But because it's not family, Maybe it's just a brother in church or a sister in church. You know ah. and, and funny enough, it can be the exact same thing that they both need. But because his brother will be like, ah, and this is my blood. Eh, family is important. And you do family. And then if the brother in church, because, and maybe because you just don't like the brother, or maybe the brother is no, or the sister is, you be like, ah. maybe when, in, I think that brother or sister is not always a good person. Maybe when they are straight, maybe I'll help them. In that sense, it's not actually Christ. That person that is misbehaving is more of your brother in the spirit than the family. Amen. Now, if... Ah! Okay, let me not go into that territory, Sha. This thing I want to say, I don't know. Because I was going to say that you know, most of the time, some of us, we listen more to our family members more than we listen to our pastors. <laughs> Or we listen to spiritual leaders. Yeah. Why? Because we feel that, okay, this is my family. They will care more for me. The truth of the matter is not always true. Mm-hmm. No why? Because family has other ties. Yes. They have their own desire. They, have, they don't tell you. They have their own desire. They are expecting of you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe when you bring a matter, they, will, they will just will oh, get an opportunity to hit the nail on the head. And then... Just thinking about that. Okay, my brother cannot listen to this one. So, no, no, no. Every time I'll talk to my brother, he will say that I know what he's saying. 
is something in his mind that he wants me to do. <laughs> and then I'm like, ah! You know, because I'm the last one. I have like, I have three elder brothers. Elder brothers. And there's one particular my brother. When he's talking, and I, maybe we are talking about something, and he's talking. He's like, ah, is it not this? I'm like, ah. When he's already talking, I mean, it's just a normal talk about, I'm just like, where we are heading to, mm-hmm. I know is what he has in mind. <laughs> and of course, it's, oh, it's not nice, uh-huh. but it means that sometimes when a family is involved, the things they say sometimes may not always necessarily be pure. It takes the help of the spirit to purify, you know that natural blood thing, to now give spiritual counsel. Amen. Now, the way it should be is, every time, maybe, it could be brother or sister, it could be maybe, is to relate, it always has to be spiritual, spiritual counsel. What's the right? <clears throat> but sometimes, blood can come and then hijack all that program. Which is why, it, 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 unless God has helped someone greatly, especially, they must be spiritual. Then they will know that when they are advising the other siblings, they don't just give them advice, but some you know that thing, intent, most of the time is difficult to discern. Even we self, sometimes, you know, some, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant war. We are warriors, constant war. Remember, constant war is that any time, maybe somebody is asking, or maybe we are just talking, okay, okay. I, I'm trying to figure out what's the right, not just, because sometimes you have many ideas and many things you want, okay, this, just go and do this. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not about what. Because most of the time, what we want and what God wants are not the same. But what we want might be coming from a righteous sense, from our own standpoint. This is right. Just go and do it. But sometimes what the Lord wants may be entirely different. Or maybe it's the same thing, though, but the route to go about it may be different. Sometimes you have to just be, okay, Holy Spirit, what's the. uh, this one, I don't think it's something that will end until maybe we are finally with God. Why? Because it's a constant practice. When you go, why it must be until maybe maybe until when we are true, we've fought, we've 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 fought with Satan to the point where there, he has nothing in us anymore. We are we are now a father spiritually. Maybe at that point, we will have all intent clean. Such that when things come, we don't have things. You know, now, sometimes we might still have some. Okay, I, I feel like ah, this is my own. This is what I want. Maybe this message. You, and, uh, mm-hmm. All those things, all those intents, they clog leading. They clog judgment. They clog not not even just for others, for ourselves, right? Even as a child of God, all of the, when God is saying some things, all of those things can be clogging our own decisions too. Okay, maybe this is what I want, ah, and it's difficult to let go of what. I really want that you not be arranging things. Okay, but God, but you know we can, you know, no, but you know, no, you know, you can't even be, uh, what's it called? And, uh, what's, uh, what's that? Thing? Beginning. Uh, it can be. Thank you. That's the word. You can be negotiating. Say, Lord Jesus, um, you know I love you. You know, like you know when you want to get something, you know I will start. You know I love you. No, there's nothing that is more important to me than you. You know that, right? Okay, okay. But Lord Jesus, I know you're saying something, but 
Can you allow? See, you know this matter you are talking about. No, can we just shock it here? You know, just, just shock it and just. You know, there's a there's a space here we can put my will. Can just can we just shock this thing with just a little? And and the thing about God is God does not negotiate wills. Doesn't it's just plain, clean, straight. This is why what you, this is what I want. This is all I want. Either you do it or not. There's no. And if you don't do it, no problem. You go about with the consequence, but then I will still love you. I'm still your father. I will still care for you. Even the, the, the consequence, maybe it may not be great. Okay, we'll still, maybe for example, let's say, for, for lack of better example, let's say the person fell in the ditch and then they cut their leg because they say, don't go there when they cut their leg. Okay, the Lord will say, come, rub the wound, clean the wound. Yeah. But guess what? Who's bearing the pain? The person. The Lord cares. Lord, okay. Oh, yeah. So, and we feel loved, Abby. You know that we always feel like that with us, God. God loves me. Oh, God. No mountain you will climb but running after me. It's true, but just so no, just so you know. <laughs> there are some ditches that have nails and it's not tongues, it's nails. You know, some, you know, you know tongues is tiny, but some is not tongues. Some, some ditch have nails. And it's not two inch nails. Some digit they have ten inch nail. <laughs> I don't know if you play Mortal Kombat. There's there's a fatality at some point. That fatality is you kick the, at the person, then they go into a pit and they have nails standing up, and then the person will land and the nail will even pierce them through. You know, that is some some ditches are like that. Uh, a spiritual person can you know they are they, they can't die that they don't move anymore. Just that they'll be you know. Souls don't just die like that. You land physically, yes, but spiritually, they will be inside that nail and they won't be dead. You know that kind of. You imagine that kind of a sight and yeah. to be painful, all kinds of things. But that, that which is why it is important to follow God's will. Amen. Ah, that must go now. Praise the Lord. I have, I have 20, 25 minutes. This twenty five. Yeah, I have twenty five minutes. Okay, we'll try and end the, the meeting quickly. Amen. Amen. So I think how I landed here was I was talking more about different things regarding judgments and how you how men the, the, the how men make judgment based on just ideas and uh, morals, not according to what is true, what is written, but according to scriptural sense, right? Uh, and I was, I think from, I, 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 I moved from, ah, I was explaining waters, right? Explaining the waters, the, then I moved into talking about um, men living long, a hen, right? They were living long because of what they have in their body, right? I'm talking about, aha, okay, okay, now I see the pathway now. <laughs> spirit, body, spirit, Spiritual and body are intertwined, right? And that there is, I was talking about the hormones. So there are spiritual activities that happens, right, that releases hormones, right? And as a child of God, you know, I mentioned the happy hormone that whenever you are in fellowship, you are excited. Now, if a child of God is not experiencing that hormone, it means something needs to be awoken. It means something. why? Because as, as a child of God, that, that is in the spirit, essential. Now, spiritual things is not just, hey, 
Jesus Lord. How did I land there again? I was trying to move back there and land somewhere else. Now, spiritual things is not just about ordinances. What do you mean by ordinances? It's not just a, a set of things we just do and we are okay. No. And the thing is that Satan can put life in there somehow because man is spiritual. Whatever you do, you feel some... So, for example, now, if a man, let's say you're not even a Christian, you start a ritual. What do I mean by that? Instead of things you do, that thing will become spiritual to such soul. Because as it does, in, now, the thing about nothing is by, I don't know, nothing is by accident. Nothing is by accident. I'm looking for a way to explain it spiritually according to scripture. I think the best example I can see is there's a law on how God relates with men. Now, King Heab, that's in the book of First King. I think it was 28. I'm not too sure. Let me see. Uh... Let me see if I can have this. What was the last? What was the last chapter? So the last chapter is uh, okay. So I think it's verse twenty. Okay, last chapter is twenty-two. Okay, I think it's in verse twenty-two, twenty-one, twenty-two. There, 20, twenty-two. I think 20, twenty-two. There about twenty-two, twenty-two. That's the last verse. Now they were going to war, right? We are going to war. So Heab called Jehoshaphat and said, will you go and war with me against the Syrians? Say, then Jehoshaphat came and said, okay, where are the prophets of the Lord? Why? Because he didn't want to do anything outside God's will. Where are the prophets of the Lord? Here, let them speak to us before we go. Then he called all the prophets. Plenty! So yeah, what is the Lord saying? All of them prophesied, go! And you will overtake. Now, he said to them, now Jehoshaphat now asked, Wait, I perceive Joseph in a way have a sense, a spiritual sense, because he's linked to David. You know, there's a flow in their blood about God. In a way, it's like, so is there no other prophet? Now, if you have like 20 prophets already prophesied, why are you looking for one other? It means somehow he has a sense that all these prophets are playing. There's something not to write here. Okay, let's look. Is there, it's like he knows that okay, there's a true prophet, but these ones are not. But they are, they are also prophets. And the truth of the matter is that what they prophesy is a lie, but it's not a lie. What do I mean by that? What they prophesy is from God. And I will explain. Then they called another prophet. He came. I think it's Micah. The name is, sounds like Micah. The spelling is not exactly Micah, but it's Micah. That's why it sounds. Now I read it. The prophet came. But before the prophet came, the the King Ea already said, see, this, this prophet, I don't like calling him. You know why? Because he never prophesied any good thing to me. But the prophet cannot prophesy anything good. You know why? Because Ahab is a problem. He's the one that marries Jezebel. All of his ways are naturally against God. How do you expect a true prophet of God to prophesy anything good? You are always out of the will. Okay. So, he came. He said, okay, don't call. Joseph said, you know what? Call him. Let's hear what the Lord has to say. Then when he now sent for him, he now said, uh, he now sent through his messenger, please tell him to say that it shall be well for me. Now, what I want to bring about that is, 
Now realize that what he wants is that he wants to go. And he wants the prophet to prophesy that he will win. Right? So all the prophet that prophesied that he will win, the, the, the spirit that told them to say that came from God. But he prophesied according to his heart. Right? According to what he wills. Now, what I want to bring out of that is, see that his will produced a spiritual result. Why? Because it ended up getting all the prophets to prophesy what he want. And they prophesied it. And when they were all prophesying, they did not feel they were lying. Because the spirit came upon them the same way the spirit will come upon them when they want to prophesy. The spirit that came upon them is a lying spirit from God, not Satan. Well, see, this is where we should fear. We should please fear God. You know why we should fear God? We don't know a lot about Him. When you think of a lying spirit, what will you associate it with? Is it not Satan? That's a sign we don't know God. Then if somebody wants to start saying, saying, "Oh no, 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 it's not a lying spirit. It's just uh, you know, uh, God can never lie," you know. But the Scripture tells us <laughs> clearly and plainly, a lying spirit. Now, you know what's funny? So, it was Micah that was, okay, let me, let me quickly say so I don't, hi, sorry. So, Micah came, after he came, and I said, what shall it be? He prophesied, you shall go and overtake, you win. You'll be wondering. But before Micah came, he said, I will say nothing else except what the Lord asked me to say. So, in a way, what he said, the Lord asked him to say it. But Joseph and I said, ah, ah. Uh, uh, please, I've said, I think there was not, but I perceive it's Joseph that said, I've said, speak plainly with me what the Lord says. Then he now prophesied. I saw all <laughs> Israel scattered abroad like sheep without a shepherd. Wow. Meaning that if they go, they're all going to die. <laughs> now, a sheep without a shepherd, it means something. It means that the shepherd will be slain. Because the king is the shepherd, taking all the flocks to war. So I see them scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Ah, ah, it's a prophecy that the king is going to die. <laughs> so when he said that, I said, hey, Shabi, I told you. Hey, I said, Shabi, I told you. You have nothing good to say about me. Then he now said, I saw in a vision the Lord standing and whole stop heaven around him. And he said, Who sh-? see, means that in, the, in God's desire, he wants to get rid of Ahab. So who shall go to get rid of this guy? And then one of the angels said, Sir, I will go. I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all of his prophets. Whoa! <laughs> you know, sometimes, I mean, just fear God, but deliberations. Ah. So, I mean, there's a will inside of God. One angel just decided, okay. So I'll go, I said, I'll go and be a lying spirit in front in all of the prophets. So that's why all of them prophesied that he will win, but he was going to die. What I'm trying to bring out of that is that his desire, although somehow he's lied to God because God wanted to get rid of him, but it's as a result of his will, what he's doing. It's not necessarily, God didn't just want to get rid of him because God just hates him. Because of what he was doing, he was killing, before he was killed prophets, because his wife, Jezebel, was killing all the prophets of God. 
Apart from that, he was serving Baal and all kinds of things. So, his desire is he wants to go because he's going to ask for Jehoshaphat to come with him to war. He wants to go and fight, but he didn't want to die. So, his, his desire. So, his desire produced something in the spirit such that a spirit, an angel, was willing to go and be a lying spirit. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is it is possible for every desire of a man to bet a spiritual result. Now, when you now, when you now take, because a man, a man is a temple, whatever you use it to do, it will become a religious thing. What do I mean by that? It will become a, a spiritual activity. So you're not an ordinary person. Every human being is ordinary. Now, so if you now have, let's say, a ritual you do, that thing will become spiritual. I do this. I always eat this. You know, I don't miss it. I always eat this. I do this. I do this. I do that. I keep doing it. Keep doing it. After a while, see that thing will become sacred. I mean sacred means it will become spiritual to the soul. That it can even affect it. So that if you don't do it, it will become a problem. Right? Now, why am I saying this? It's, it's, it's possible for Christians. Because I was trying to explain that spirituality is not about doing a series of things alone. Is about tangible deposit of spiritual substance into man. When a man is relating with God, there should be a tangible evidence. What I mean by evidence is you will, you will perceive it, you will smell it, you will experience it. When it's, it's, if every time you experience God, it feels like you have been baited with fresh water. Amen. So, spiritual, when you are being spiritual, I, I, I said it because of fellowship, right? Now, you can be doing a lot of things, but you're not in fellowship. Now, the reason why is because I used to do it as a Christian in the sense that I just read my Bible because I was just told to read my Bible. Okay. Everything I was told to read your Bible, pray, and all those things. But do I know the spiritual meaning of them? Do I know the spiritual how? How tangible they are in the spirit? No. I didn't. Then what happened is as I began to grow spiritually, I began to come into understandings of tangibility of spiritual things. And guess what? My Christianity is is being redefined. Amen. There was a lot of things I was raised with as a child. Okay, you do this later. Okay, why do we do all these things? Then I began, understanding of scripture, I began to see by revelation, not just, you know, you know, not these days. Many people go on the internet and start lambasting all kinds of, you know, all those. And they, funny enough, they are making money out of it. You know, they're just lambasting and talking about people. Like, oh, this is what I, and some, some now, they even come, go on the internet and start talking about, uh, this is what the scripture means, this is not what the scripture means. Uh, there, was a, there was a guy that started talking about speaking in tongues. And like, because he's from a Baptist, and they don't believe in speaking in tongues. Now, they believed in, just word. They are strong. It's part of, it's part of what, but there's a, whole, there's a whole lot of things that the Lord is restoring back to the body. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. No, to, to, to identify what Christianity is, a soul must be able to align with his maker and have true desire to sincerely know, God, I just want to know you sincerely. And then the Lord, the Lord likes that. You kick in an activity of resources. Ah! 
We want to know. You know, you know how God is excited when he hears that? Imagine a soul is wanting to know him. Do you know that there's nothing that gives God much more joy than that? That he wants to be known. Okay, you know you like God giving you joy. What about you giving God joy? There's something that pleases him. It's when a heart sincerely desires to know. Forgetting all religion, forgetting religion, forgetting religious activities. No religious activities are in different phases and friends. Religious activities without meaning is, is almost like, how do I put it? Religious activities without meaning is almost like pouring water in a, in a basket. It's like, it's like pouring water in a basket. The water will never be full. All the water is lost. And the thing is that, and you know the, you know the best thing about pouring water in a bucket is that you can have water, droplets, around the edges. Around the, you know, basket at the bottom has lines, but there's big, uh, it is that you can have a little bit of droplets of water around the area that is solid. That can feel tangible to a soul. But for true, hey, This uh, water thing again. Well, I was talking about water out. Eight water is still what I was talking about. So spirituality, souls must be willing to learn about their maker sincerely. So that they see the, there's water is in the spirit that is sweet too. I know you know, you know most people maybe they don't okay for those that don't you know there's, there's a gift called descending of spirit, which you can see into the spirit. And when you see into the spirit, you can see things that are tangible in the spirit. For example, you can see water. They have meanings. You can see things as tangible as that. No, most people that don't have that, they don't have to see it, but you can see it. How? It's in your soul. All the things that descending of spirit can see is not something you can't see without your spirit, man. Without your soul, you can see it. It's even more real with your soul than with the sight. Well, that's one thing that if you don't have the sending of spirit, you should not, you know, don't cry. It's okay. If you have it, we are not blaming it. It's awesome. Gift of the spirit. All of it is for the edification of the body. Right? So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that if you don't have the gift, it doesn't mean you can't see it. You can see it. You can perceive it. Your soul can see all these things. And it is real. So spirituality is about seeking God sincerely. Forgetting uh, religion. Religion is one of the one of the biggest hindrance to true spiritual growth. Religion, what religion does is religion makes you feel like you are dealing with God, but you are not. Religion makes you feel like you are doing something that God accepts, but it's a lie. Right? Now, the day I understood why because some things I believed. But when I check, this thing I believed, how did I believe them? Where did they come from? And I realized, I linked and linked and linked and look, 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 look. Because simply because they just said this is the, like there's, there's no tangible, there's no, I'm like, ah. Then why is this a standard in my life? Such that if I see anybody else that is not doing, ah, you are sinning. Sinner. You are a sinner. 
You know those sinners? They're sinning. And if I don't say it, why are they behaving like that? That's, the, that's not the mouth. That's the countenance talking. The countenance is why are they behaving like that? I mean, why are you just... How are you doing? Hi. God bless you. That's, uh, this thing you have been doing, man. Mm, you have seen it. Oh, wait, where's the standard coming from? Where is, now realize that righteousness is actually different from religion. Righteousness is the right thing because righteousness is coming from... Is, the truth of the matter is that righteousness is coming from what is true. That is why it has the word right around it. Righteousness. Righteousness. And righteousness means, in a way, when I see the word, it almost looks like something you have to be doing. Right. With a righteous man. I mean, a man that is always doing what is right. Righteousness is the doing of the right. Right? And when you have right, right gives a sense of truth. It gives a sense of truth. So righteousness flows from what? From what is true. And like I was saying, what is true is God. Because the scripture says the only true God. That I might, I say what gives God happiness is you want to know him. That, this is eternal life. That you might know him. Right? Jesus Christ, him I have sent. That you might know him, the true God. And Jesus Christ is so whom he has sent. You must know him. And then this Peter we read at the end, at the very end, it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of God our Lord, the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. This is talking about the importance of knowledge. For now, but he even finished talking about this, what, this whole thing I was talking earlier, but I think I'll, no, I have to figure out a way to read it in 10 minutes. Right? But what I was trying to say is to do what is right must love the knowledge of him. Right? Now, the reason why I even mention righteousness, see, I, I, do we understand what I'm trying to say about righteousness now? <laughs> now, see this scripture that talks about the end. It says here in verse 13 of Peter, right? It says, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein Dwelleth righteousness. What it means is that this new heaven and new earth, what dwells there is righteousness. Okay. That tells us that this righteousness that they are talking about is a person. Because it's a person that dwells in an abode or a home. Now, I'm, because of time, I can't say too much about that, but to give us an understanding, what I mean is this. First of all, the righteousness of that of that new heaven, new earth is God. So God dwells there, but it's not, you know that the new heaven and new earth is not it's not only God that will dwell there, right? Because Revelation twenty two tells us, right, that the tabernacle of God is with men, right, and they will dwell with Him, right? We're talking about a city, right? We're talking about a city in twenty two, that Jesus, that Jesus 
and so let us say Jesus that that God and the Lamb are the light of the city. And we know that the city is not just walls, it is men. The city are men that makes up the city. And that's the thing about the new heaven and new earth that we have to understand. Ah, time. Amen. The new heaven and the new earth have people that would dwell there. But those people that would dwell there must have been made out of righteousness. Meaning that they would have learned what righteousness is to be able to live there. Right? They must have learned righteousness, do it, well accustomed with it, because that's the only thing that can live in the world to come. Amen. Amen. But to live it, you have to learn it. The righteousness of God is revealed. Right? From faith to faith. That is the book of uh, Romans 1.16. Right? It's from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, I have to figure out a way. I'm trying to, I'm, now, when I'm rushing now, I'll be skipping, because now, I'm not following what I'm, the thought of what I'm saying, because I want to quickly round up, but I guess maybe I'll trace it back and then end it. But I think this thing is what I'm saying, is just to give us a sense of this home we're talking about, right, is the learning of a person. You have to learn your home to live there. Right? God is our home. That's where we are ending in. But to get there, ah, we can't religious. Can't. Religion will cheat us of the true learning. Because like I said, it makes us feel like we are learning God, but we are not. Right? Now, the way, the way religion sounds is the voice of religion sounds like the Holy Spirit, but it's not. Because it's something that is leading. But it's not God. Meaning that with religion, you can have a feeling you are close to God, but you're not. Because what we'll be dealing with can be sounding like, but it's an evil spirit. Maybe one of you can Christian now, yes. Why say evil spirit? Oh. I'm not trying to say we are bad. I'm just, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is, it's a spirit that has an intention to deceive. It's not from God, clearly. And that's what most of us have, especially when we are growing up. Now, I'm not saying this is the fault to our parents. I mean, the idea is what they know is what they taught us. But what I'm saying is that there's a spirit we are fighting that is making sure that generations that are coming don't know truth, don't know what is true. Now, it's even making them rebel. And I think the last time we were talking about the all kinds of rebellion here, Hey, this generation we have, like uh, the ones like the ones that will go on YouTube and be talking. You can have, you can have, a, you can have somebody that doesn't know anything, but feels the red Bible, and then go and then be saying that pastor what they said is wrong. Uh, so when I see people like that, I just, I don't care whether what you are saying is true or not. I don't, uh, there is, there is nothing you say I believe you. If I listen, I'm just trying to listen maybe for fun's sake. Okay, what's this guy's mind? Okay, that's what you're saying. Not that I would take anything he's saying about whoever is saying it. 
if I will say, if I will have any opinion about the person he's talking about, it's my own personal opinion, not anything he's asked to say. I know a guy like that, I always, always doing like, 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 it's like a job, like serious analysis. As if you are like CIA, you know, FBI level, like serious <laughs> investigation. <laughs> You will see, it will bring clip, bring that clip. Okay, see, I want you to listen to this, you know, listen to it then, analyze it for you. You see here, you see here. And the funny thing is, he's making money because his YouTube page is, is, for, is for money. So the thing is, you're not even doing it with a pure heart. And he says, why? You want to make money. Because it, you have, you have, you have, your, your views are giving you money. Right? All those things. Anyways, praise the Lord. Time has gone. I have to end. Because time has gone. We have to leave here in the next 30 minutes. Um, I think I've said a lot of things. But uh, what I was saying earlier, I think the, the sense I was coming from is we need to know what the scripture calls home. Right? And God wants to return us there. Meaning that he wants to speak. And what Part of that is clearly defining the hope of a believer. Why are you a believer? What's your pursuit? Now, many believers believe they can serve God and they have an ex- like they don't really have a, a, a sense of their end. Right? In the sense that all they are doing is they are just living for now. Living, okay, I have to you know, get a job, get, give birth, marry, what else? Um, so those are the real, real things that are encumbering the heart. That's the real thing that the heart is dealing with. While the heart is still in the way. Maybe let me serve God, and you know. But when I look at why are you serving God, it's because it's because of certain things that maybe you have been taught about, right? And maybe there's some element of okay, maybe I really like God, small shot. But when you look at it, really, when you look at it, really, you won't have the fullness of the tangibility of the pursuit of God. The moment before before I discern what my hope is, the way I was living is that. I know God exists. I serve him. I go to church and all that. But my mind is thinking about, okay, where's my end? So I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to get married. Yeah! I was thinking that. I mean, I'm not thinking of it the way, no, that time, the way we say it is the way unbelievers think about it. Me, I will serve God and be rich. Right? Even though I'm not thinking about being rich because naturally, because, because I serve God, it will just come. But that thing, in a way, is still impure. It's not pure. It's not pure at all. So, in, but, so, but that's just an example of me regarding money. But you can have people with different, different, different reasons as to why. Theirs may not be money. Theirs may not. Some may be school. Go okay, but then you now realize that after they finish school, then what's the next thing? They will look for another. Ah, what? Now, what do I do with my life? Then they start figuring out what they do with their life. And then, okay, 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 okay. Maybe some people will end up. I thought how do people end up in having ideas about charity? Have you ever thought about it? I'm not saying charity is wrong, shall But I can okay, wait. Especially those that are not Christians. Because if we're Christian, we can say, okay, we read Bible, they say, we should, okay, let's leave Christians. But even though we still, we still fall into the same category, but just to make it plain, it's the same sex. I'm just trying to separate so we'll see. How do you think they end up there? They are looking for a, 
sense of purpose. Most, okay, not all, most Christians that do charity is because they are looking for a sense of purpose. Okay, now what do we do? We are getting people born again. We have a church. Okay, we have money. What do we do with ourselves? They don't know that there's a hope because at that time, Christianity is more about let's do the good things. We're already doing them. What's next? Okay, charity. But if you really truly know what the journey of Christianity is, it's a journey like the interpretation of the tongue said. It's a journey. Christianity is a journey. There's a place you are journeying to. There's a place you are starting from. And the funny thing is that we'll be, be at the starting point thinking we are at the end. Maybe because of spiritual activities and religion that we are, is we are can be on the same spot. How you know you are moving spiritually is that you are having an actual change configuration that is pattern according to the true nature of who God is. But you know that nobody can ever explain that to you except you encounter God. What the best you can have is you have preachers preaching it, talking to you about it, yeah. making you see because God have to give that so that you don't have any excuse. Yeah. Then after that, the thing is God can anoint such word to bet desires in the heart for hearts to be God, I really want you for God. It's just betting a heart for appearance. God, can you appear to me? You know, most of the time, when you think about appearance, you'll be thinking, eh, the end is coming, the end is coming. So you leave appearance till the end, when rapture is about to happen. Nobody thinks about appearance. But there's a the manner of his appearance because he would come first. Before he actually come physically in the sky, you see him come to, to you, to me. Individually, Jesus will come. He has been coming and he will stay. Uh, I know there's a sense I started from about, do you think this thing, this, what they're saying is close to an end? Yeah, in their age. Why is it like that? It's because, see, during that time, Satan fought them. They were near the end. I believe it. Yeah. That these apostles were near, how? There's a way you bring the end. That's a secret men don't know. So they start thinking like, Benji was talking this, that they have data and all that. They have, and all that look is chronological uh, timing and and activities and occurrences. For example, you know, there's a one, according to Revelation, moon, with and then you start looking for eclipse happen all the time. In short, if you go back how many years in time, you know that the moon has been red no more than, no, more than once. So, then they will think, oh, it's red, ah, the end is coming, calm down. It's not about that. The real time, if you want to know the end, the real time is actually in man. It is men that will bring God. Both, the dist- there's something that God can resist. It's when you are calling for the end. There's two ways you can do that. When you look for him or when you give yourself to iniquity. And you now realize that in the time of the end, those two things actually go side by side. Because toward the time of God, God can't just leave the earth without a righteous man. Iniquity will increase. Time is, end is coming. Do you feel iniquity is increasing now? Yes. Are you seeing all these LGBT nonsense? And, but it's beyond that because there are much more evil they are doing. It's beyond that. Evil is increasing day by day. It also means that righteousness is increasing because God has a people is raising. It's not by just I go to church, I pray, or I do my rituals. Mm-mm. It has to be souls that sincerely want to know him, long for him, are calling for him, 
Jesus, come to me. And if, if they so do that, he will come. Yeah. And you realize in Revelation 22, at the end, they were talking about the, the calling for him. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And the spirit say, come. I mean, where is, let's be sorry I don't misquote it out. Sorry. I, I think I boycotted and moved. Okay. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to say too much. I just want to quote that one. Because I know when we are reading, when we are reading, uh, we say that I've, I've moved the time. Okay, so Revelations 22, uh, 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And say, Let him that hear it say, Come. And let him that is at thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. Amen. Says, so you know those that I can say come is the spirit and the bride. Then those that hear. Those are the ones that can call for him to come. Who are those that are here? It's not just oh, so, those, like, I think during prayer we talk about that area a bit. Those that hear are those that are desiring him that he will come to and speak to. Is the is their desire that will call for him? Lord, will you come? Eh? Now, if there's anything I want us to forget about his religion, forget religion. I'm moving to okay. Let's remove religion. And you know what I mean by that, you know. Okay, all our just natural mindset about God, think God of the, okay, I do this, I pray this, I, you know. Let's move all of that and look at sincere desires. I mean, your prayer and your reading of Bible and those things can be not, can be without being religious. You know what I mean? Just that there's a sense that has to come for it, for the religion to be moved away. Is one key thing I'm seeing here is spirit. That's why I said that any new believer that is not baptized in the Holy Ghost needs that baptism. But that's what's going to make spiritual life, reality, serious. Right? It's like pouring water in the bucket I was explaining. You can have the spirit as the droplet on the edges. But the basket is supposed to actually be closed all around. It's supposed to be a cup, not a basket. Then there should be pouring into the cup, and that's what the scripture was saying. Saying, "Thou uh, anointed my head with oil; my cup runneth over." You have a cup that can run over, right? So they should be pouring into it. They should, thou anointed to anoint means to give portion of spirit, meaning that they can give spirit to the point that it is running over. It should. So anybody that is born again, if I'm born again, the next thing, now I've learned, before I used to give, uh, maybe, okay, let's, maybe one day, ah, if you're a child of God, you're not born again, please, I'll ask you, please, sorry, you're born again, but you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Because, you know, now, the debate is, how am a child of God to have the Holy Ghost? Uh, I know you do. But, there's a difference. Right? When you get born again, you have to be filled. Right, because of time, I don't have time to go into scripture because that's why I don't, I'm trying to round up. I moved there again. I don't know. When you are born, when you are born again, ah, if, before I'll be waiting. Oh, hey, okay, maybe when they are ready. 
well, as long as God, if I know that, I will ask you, please, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? And I explain to you why you should be baptized. That's if I'm aware. Right? Baptism of the Holy Ghost is important. It's almost like the spiritual journey will almost be useless without it. Because there's a lot more to get in spiritually. That will just enable us to get it. In short, spiritual activity may not be real to souls until they are baptized in a way. Right? And realize this, those that can say come is the spirit and the body. The spirit there is the capital S. One thing is that without the spirit, you can't say come. Without the spirit, you can't actually hear. To the point you can say come. Amen. And who would be those that would be saying come? He must have desire for your home. I'm rounding up. I'll, I'll close it. Now, what I was trying to say, if I don't close it now, okay, I've closed it. I think. If I don't, if, if, we, if I, was, I was talking about the beginning earlier, because I was trying to talk about the elements, right, that's going to melt with fervent heat. Now, when those elements would melt, air, all the things in the air has elements, oxygen, all those, melt. Then what we have? That means there's a new kind of element. Now they've given us a secret that the element of the world to come has righteousness as a concussion. Right? So we should know what our true home is. And, and if there's anything I want us to know is this. Heaven is not something that we should have at the end. Because that's the mind we have. That when we are done, we go to heaven. Mm -mm. You're actually supposed to have heaven now. So that by the time they roll all this away, you can move to heaven. Because if you don't have heaven now, when they roll this one, the, the present heaven and earth is a, is a prototype for the one to come. And while we are here, you can actually receive the one to come now, not after we are dead. Mm -mm. Now. And I know, I, I don't think... Amen. Sorry for the for the break. Praise the Lord. And we are not saying that he, like heaven. We want to talk about heaven. Um, sorry, that thing distracted me a bit. We're not saying that it's after we die we get heaven. It's here. Is the the present one would be the present one is for to get the new. That's that's that is summary. So it means that as we are here on earth, we are supposed to get heaven. That gives us a different kind of purpose, and that's what I was explaining earlier. That when I didn't know what my purpose is, I have a goal, but it's not centered. My life is not centered around my home. What's my home? The world to come. God, right? God is my home. My life is not centered. So I, there's all kinds of things I can do. But the moment I realized that, it's almost like everything made perfect sense. Why I'm on earth? Okay, why am I Why am I a Christian? If you have religion, you will not know why you're a Christian more. Because you just, uh, well, you know, all these, all, these, all these Christian Christian things, man. I just want to do guy, guy. I mean, you know, I just want to be myself. What's all, these, what's all these Christian things? If you want to know what the Christian is, I'll just tell you one thing. Do you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost? After, let's discuss. You know why? You know sometimes when, 
I mean, I'm, I'm, okay, that, that assuming they are not baptized, right? That's one, that's one aspect, right? But if you are baptized in the Holy Ghost first, uh -huh, let's start talking about home. Even though, because you can still be baptized and you still don't know home yet. But it's just that it makes, being baptized makes journeying. If you are baptized and you are growing spiritually, there's no way you won't start looking for where you should be. Because I looked at the course of the Spirit is not without the hint of what you should be doing with yourself. It's not without it. It's us that you know, get the shadow, we move, and then we come back to the course, and then we realize, ah, we are. The purpose is always, has always been there. It's always like a, the marker has always been inside God. Get this. Okay, start moving, start journeying. You, there's no way you won't land in a discovery. What Satan has given us different kind of purpose. That is why we don't necessarily look for God. But the moment we get what our home is about, the first thing we'll be looking is we will rearrange our life and our thinking. All of a sudden, your life will have purpose. All of a sudden, you know, you know there are times in life that you're not busy and then you don't know what to do with yourself. There are, there are days like that. Honestly, you will have such days, right, when there is not a lot. When you are journeying spiritually, you realize that there's actually a lot to do. Even if you're not doing it, right? Let's say, I'm um, just weak today, I don't feel like doing it. You won't feel like you are empty or there's nothing to do with your life. There's no, you will just know, ah, there's something I should be doing. <laughs> you will know, ah, there's something I should be doing. There's no a time you'll be like, ah, I don't know what I'll be doing with my life. There's, there's nothing like that because you are on a journey. And that journey is real. And if you don't have a job that your mates have, you will even be sad. Why? Because <laughs> you have things you should be doing spiritually that count that you are not doing yet. So I was, I was not, and I'm not saying that that means that you should not be, right? Because growing up spiritually teaches us something. Is the purpose, so is rearranging our thinking and it's going to give us how to live soberly righteously, godly, in this, is part, is part of the program of receiving the word to come, because it is in here that the program of receiving the word to come is going to take place. That's why you get born again, you start realizing that, ah, I need to learn God, but they didn't just take you and, and you disappear. They left you here. You have a job, and you still have to be doing the job. You have a, a school, you still have to be going to school. All those things. You know, sometimes we can just get born again and look at it. Ah, I'm done. No, now I want to be following God. I don't want to do anything again. <laughs> you know, you know, we have that kind of mind <laughs> sometimes. But I think God helps us to understand. I was wondering, what's the answer to that? It's just simple. That God will give us, to teach us, why we are learning all these things. Say the grace that give us, bring us salvation has appeared unto all men. Teaching us, right, to deny ungodliness, Right? And then I think it's that one that said that live to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The present world has its use, is for the one to come. So in, in the in the arrangement around our job, around our school, around everything, our home, wife, kids, friends, all of that is where the program of salvation is going to take place. Are we blessed today? Can we just begin to bless the name of the Lord and this afternoon, Father, we thank you. O Mahara no Sakari Masofani Matani Masteveria. Jesus, we give you all the praise. Can we ask that the Lord will give us grace to 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 long for our home? You know, the Lord was just uh, I, I I know we talked about a lot of things, but the center of what the Lord you know was saying 
as the, at the beginning is more about us discerning our home. He wants to take us home. He wants to bring us home. We are on a journey. God is redefining what our home is. Now, he was teaching about the earth earlier, and then later we started talking about heaven, small, small. But the Lord is wanting us to have a, is a mind shift to start thinking about him in different light. Father, my heart of heaven, can we pray that the Lord will help our heart to desire him afresh? Oh, for heavens, for heavens. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy and kindness. We say be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, Father, that you will bet in us fresh fire and desire for your world. In the name of Jesus. Father, we, we long to know our home better. We pray, Father, that you bet desires, orchestrate and the giving of spirit to begin to realize what our home looks like. The, the necessary things to move into our home. All the resources needed to make the journey to our home, Lord, that you begin to supply to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth. Yeah.